This episode is brought to you by the Roster Up Media Network, home to tangible insights for the NFL and fantasy sports. Check us out at rosterupmedia.com. The Raven Up podcast is back with another episode. The Ravens are coming off a 23-7 hard-fought victory against the previously undefeated Denver Broncos. It was an encouraging performance for a lot of different reasons that we'll get into. One big thing stuck out to me, but yeah, a great win for the Ravens. I'm recording this Tuesday night, October 5th. Been a busy past few days for me. Wasn't able to get a podcast recorded right away on Sunday, but wanted to dive into some thoughts that I had after the big Ravens win. But before we get into it, you guys know the deal. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Follow along on Twitter at RavenUpPodcast. Let's go. The Ravens went out to Denver over the weekend, and they took care of business to get to 3-1 and one on the season. Had a tough week one loss to the Las Vegas Raiders, but have since won three straight games versus the Kansas City Chiefs, the Detroit Lions, and the Denver Broncos. And for the first time all season, Ravens fans could actually catch their breath in the fourth quarter of a game. I almost didn't know what to do with myself. But the Ravens are now going to return home at 3-1, and one, tied for first in the AFC North, and they play four straight games at home. They've played three of their first four on the road, and now they play four straight at home. This week, the Ravens play the Indianapolis Colts on Monday Night Football. Then they face the Los Angeles Chargers and the Cincinnati Bengals before they have their bye week. And then out of their bye, they face the Vikings at home. It's an interesting four-game stretch. Colts, very winnable game. Chargers are a good team sitting at 3-1. and one, Just took care of the Raiders last night on Monday Night Football. The Bengals also sitting at 3-1, and one, but again, think that's a very winnable game. Bye week, have a chance to get healthy. Then the Vikings have a real good chance again to be the Vikings. And then out after that Vikings game, after four straight home games, it's the Miami Dolphins and the Chicago Bears. So that's six very winnable games. The Ravens have done well to be sitting at three and one. So be a really, really great opportunity on our hands to go, I don't know, four and two over our next six to be putting ourselves in a pretty good spot to maybe win the division but to secure a playoff berth. But just an interesting scheduling note. Wanted to talk about that a little bit. But back to the game. The Ravens found a way to win in Denver. It was a very similar game to the Detroit game in Week 3. The Lions did everything they could do to stop the Ravens' rushing attack, and the Broncos pretty much did the exact same thing. They wanted to force the Ravens and Lamar Jackson to beat them through the air, and that's exactly what the Ravens and Lamar Jackson did. I would say the difference in this game, the Denver game, compared to Detroit, was better execution offensively and defensively. On offense, yeah, the running game, they weren't picking up tons of yards, and the Ravens needed to move the ball through the air. Again, that's exactly what they did. The difference on Sunday was they didn't have key drops in crucial moments, and they gave Lamar Jackson time in the pocket where he could make some throws, receivers made some plays, and they put some points on the board when they needed to. Defensively. They tackled, I would say, a little bit better. They consistently got pressure on the quarterback, whether it was Teddy Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke, and just better execution all around from the Ravens. 
And you can see the difference. It took a 66-yard field goal to beat the Lions, but a little bit better execution, and we're sitting at a 23-7 to win over the Broncos, and we can, again, catch our breath in the fourth quarter. But let me get to the box score real quick. Wanted to go through some points. Lamar Jackson had himself a very nice day passing the ball, as I said. He went over 300 yards for the first time this season, threw for 316 yards, 22 of 37, good for 8.5 yards. Uh, average there through one touchdown Latavius Murray had 18 carries for 59 yards Lamar had seven carries for 28 Le'Veon Bell did make his debut and had four for 11 we're getting into the running backs a little bit more but Tyson Williams was inactive on Sunday really nice game from the receivers Marquise Brown had four for 91 with a nice 49 yard touchdown catch made a great play laying out for the ball in the end zone James Prochet, five catches for 74 yards. Where did that come from? We know he's performed well in training camp and practice and had a great preseason, but nice to see him have a very nice ball game. Five catches, 74 yards. Mark Andrews, vintage Mark Andrews, five catches for 67 yards. He did have a touchdown called back where it would have been a much bigger game. Sammy Watkins has been really consistent to start the year. Four catches for 49 yards. And then Devin DuVernay had three grabs for 31 yards. So. 316 yards passing. Nice day for the Ravens offense. Defensively, Chris Board led the way with nine tackles. Chuck Clark had seven. Chuck Clark is playing really, really well for this Ravens defense. The Ravens defense did rack up five sacks. Tyus Bowser had two, and then Justin Houston, Justin Matabike, and Odafe Owe had one each. Nice to see Owe get his second sack and continuing to make some game-changing plays. Anthony Averett did have a nice interception in the end zone towards the end of the game. His second interception of the season. Love to see that from him. And then just some team stats. Yeah, the Ravens, they really dominated in the box score. Gained 400 yards. Defense only allowed 254. The Ravens' third down defense was really strong. They held the Broncos to 3 of 14 on third downs. Love to see that. The Ravens had the ball for 33 minutes, so won the time of possession battle as well. So it was a really nice day for the Ravens. And again, what I'm taking away from this game is the Ravens found a way to win when a team took away what they do best. We know the Ravens, their foundation is on running the ball. And, you know, yes, Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins are hurt. So the Ravens are going to be as ground, you know, based on their ground rushing and their rushing attack. but. They're still going to run the ball. That's what they do. But on another game where the defense took away the Ravens' ability to run the ball, they found a way to win. And in years past, I don't think the passing offense moves the ball through the air like they did on Sunday. But the improvements that Lamar Jackson has made, the improvements from Marquise Brown, the addition of Sammy Watkins, the improvements from Devin DuVernay and James Prochet. We saw an improved passing attack on Sunday and for the second week in a row and really all season. This year is going to be different for the Ravens. Again, with Dobbins and Gus out, the Ravens, they're not going to be able to just run the ball for 200 yards effortlessly like they've pretty much done for the past two seasons with those guys being hurt. And the offensive line has been a pretty, I mean, they've been fine. They've done well, but with the injuries that they've sustained, they're just not going to be able to run the ball down people's throats consistently and that they've done in years past so to me very very encouraging to see the Ravens move the ball through the air like they did on Sunday when a team shut down their rushing attack in years past I don't think we see it and 
as we've seen over the playoffs in the last few years, things aren't always easy in the playoffs. Not easy to run the ball. You got to find ways to move the ball and put up points, and that's what the Ravens did on Sunday. So I love to see that. That's a huge, huge takeaway for me. Very encouraging. And hey, the Ravens beat a 3 0 team on the road in their building. Uh, it was loud out there. Hearing it on the TV broadcast, those Denver fans were fired up. They were 3 0, and the Ravens went out and secured a victory. Really nice to see James Perchet and Devin Duvernay get a little more involved. Great games from them. Devin Duvernay had a nice punt return. I talked about on the podcast last week. I was really hoping he could step up and continue to play well, and that's exactly what he did. He's had some really nice game-changing plays the past few weeks. And, hey, how about those wide receivers? The wide receiver position could be a strength of this Baltimore Ravens team when Rashad Bateman and Miles Boykin come back. If you were to say the wide receivers were a strength on this team in the past few years, man, you'd, you'd get some looks. But as I mentioned, Marquise Brown has made some serious improvements this offseason, and he'd be like a top-five fantasy receiver if he didn't drop those balls last week versus the Lions. But that's okay. He came back, played well on Sunday, made a nice touchdown catch. Marquise Brown looks great. Sammy Watkins, nice addition. Again, he's been really consistent and gives Lamar another weapon that he can count on. Miles Boykin comes back. I talked about this last week. He's, you know, had a had a had a good role in this team the past few years. This year maybe takes a little bit of a backseat, but can be a red zone presence, can block down the field. He's a nice wide receiver four or five. Rashad Bateman coming back. Don't want to put huge expectations on him, but he has Marquise and Sammy in front of him. We can kind of ease him back in and what he can do as wide receiver three, wide receiver two in this offense. I'm very excited and very hopeful that he'll be able to add a dimension to this offense that we don't currently have. Then you add in Prochet, you add in DuVernay, and we got some guys at wide receiver, and we really have not been able to say that over the last few years. So I'd have to think Eric DaCosta was pretty happy watching these guys play well on Sunday, knowing that Boykin and Bateman were on their way back. Have to think DaCosta was pretty happy. And this is what he was thinking when he was talking about improving the Mark Jackson's weapons. I got to think he was pretty happy on Sunday. I wanted to talk about the running backs for a second here. Tyson Williams inactive on Sunday. Didn't really see that one coming, but with Le'Veon Bell being caught up, seemed like they were going to have someone inactive and seems like Tyson was the guy. It seems like he's given the staff some reasons to really just put other guys ahead of him for whatever that is, whatever reason that is. I don't know if it's pass protection or just missing some running lanes that have been out there. Um, he he didn't he didn't obviously play on Sunday, and it seems like his his the rotation does not look like he's a part of it right now. Obviously, so to me, I think the perfect rotation is a mix of Tyson and Latavius Murray on early downs with Le'Veon Bell mixed in as the passing passing threat. Le'Veon looked all right on Sunday. He didn't really put up any crazy numbers or anything, but he's getting back in game shape. He, to me, he has the best vision and the best ability to set up the blockers and set up uh, the defenders for him to make some plays in this rushing offense. So 
Devontae Freeman, nothing against him. I just don't see a huge role for him. It seems like, to me, the Ravens are better off with Tyson Williams and Latavius Murray, again, splitting those early downs and then letting Le'Veon come in as a bit of a pass threat to mix up and change tempo. But I just think Tyson is the most complete back on this team. He's got a good mix of power and speed and vision that I think suits this offense really well. So I hope he gets another chance. I'm not entirely sure. I like Latavius Murray and what he's brought. He's got three touchdowns in four games, but I just think we kind of know who he is at this point. And Tyson brings an element that the, uh, the Ravens offense lacks without him. But again, big picture, big takeaway for me. The Ravens, they find a way to win and really control a game. They were in control the whole way. when. An opponent took away what they do best, and that's running the ball. Yes, it helps. They were facing Drew Locke in the second half, but let's give the defense some credit. I haven't talked about the defense too much yet. Let's give the defense some credit. Even when Bridgewater was in there, they only gave up one scoring drive. They gave up seven points to him. The defense did a much better job of tackling. They consistently pressured Bridgewater and Drew Locke. Their linebackers and safeties had much better coverage on the running backs and tight ends of the Denver Broncos. As I said, the pass rush was very active, had five sacks, so just consistently getting pressure without having to blitz was very encouraging to see. Jimmy Smith played really well. He he had limited snaps again. I think he played like maybe 40% of the snaps, but to me, that's perfect for the Ravens right now, where they're at. You got to keep Jimmy Smith healthy. You have Marlon Humphrey, Anthony Averett, which I'll get to him in a second, Tavon Young, and Jimmy Smith. Those are pretty much the only four cornerbacks the Ravens have. Brandon Stevens has been playing a little bit of a safety and cornerback role, but if Jimmy Smith were gonna if he were to go down, you'd be calling up a practice squad or signing a street free agent and having them play snaps. So you gotta keep him healthy. I like what they've been doing in terms of not having him out there playing 90% of the snaps. And how about Anthony Averett? You gotta give that guy credit for really stepping up into the number two cornerback role and playing really well. Without him, the Ravens would be in a really dark situation at cornerback, but again, he's played really well. He's faced some good receivers over the first four weeks, and he's held up really well. He's got two big interceptions. Give the guy credit. He's earning himself some money in his contract year. It'll be interesting to see. The Ravens do need some younger players in their secondary, as they've had some, uh, you know, obviously Marcus Peters isn't Super young, I think he's like 28, but Jimmy Smith is getting older. Tavon Young's in a contract year and hasn't played a ton. So Anthony Avery is ideally someone you'd like to stick around, but he might be pricing himself out of Baltimore. It will be interesting to see, but would be a good problem to have if he earns himself a nice payday. So really nice performance from the defense. Again, they gave up 254 yards. The defense, the first two weeks of the season, they kind of got lit up. They played the Raiders. They played the Chiefs. Two really good offense. Two really good offenses, and yeah, they got lit up. They were averaging over like 400 yards a game, and since then, played Jared Goff and Treddy Bridgewater, and they showed that I think this Ravens defense will be okay. Obviously, we'd like for them to perform better against Mahomes and Carr, but that's just the nature of the NFL. This defense, to me, will get better with time. Really encouraging to see Matt BK. Adafe away, Anthony Averett, some of those young defenders really stepping up and these guys are going to get better with time, as I've said before on this podcast. So I liked what I saw from the defense. Just have to say the whole John Harbaugh running the ball with three seconds left thing. A lot of talk about this week. I don't even want to get into it too much because it's not that big of a deal. Personally, I probably would not have run the ball like that. But, hey, I don't have a problem with it either. 
Uh, there's a reason why John Harbaugh is so liked by his players. He cares about them. He wants to see them have success. And he wanted those guys to have a chance to set the record next week against uh, or beat the Steelers from like the seventies. I think it was their record. So I don't have any problem with it. The media just needs stuff to talk about. Vic Fangio, like, I don't understand. He He's obviously, he really wanted to keep the Ravens from hitting 100 yards and was not happy when they did, but I've already said too much. I, it shouldn't even be a story. Just to end the episode here this week, I wanted to get, some to get to some stats. I've tweeted some of these out, but just some stats that have caught my eye. So how about this? Through four weeks, NFL quarterbacks, leaders, in completions of 20-plus yards, through four weeks. Tom Brady is actually leading the NFL with 23 completions of 20 yards through four weeks. Derek Carr is second with 21. And then the unanimous 2019 MVP, Lamar Jackson, is third in the NFL in completions of 20-plus yards through four weeks. He's got 19. I just, I mean, for people that say, like, he can't throw the ball, I just, yes, he hasn't looked great at times over the last three years as he's been a quarterback, but... The guy can clearly throw the ball, and he's been showing it all season. How about this? Patrick McCarry is number two among offensive tackles with a 96% pass block win rate. He's a guy that wasn't even a starter coming into the season. Then Ronnie Stanley goes down, and Alejandro Villanueva went down this week, which we need him to be healthy because Andre Smith is our current left tackle. Got to hope for the uh, Villanueva will be able to shake off. I believe it was a knee injury. But Patrick McCarry, got to give that guy tons of credit. He's come in at right tackle and played really well. And then in terms of the uh, the pass block win rates, Bradley Bozeman, he's number one among all centers. He's got a 100% pass block win rate. He's number eight among centers with a 71% run block win rate. So Bozeman has transitioned to center from left guard over the past few seasons and has played really, really well. So. Those guys are a couple of bright spots on the team so far. And then one more Lamar Jackson stat for you. Through four games, Lamar has 1,077 passing yards. He has 279 rushing yards. He's averaging a total of 339 yards per game this season. That's more than 12 NFL teams, their total offense. So Lamar Jackson through four games, he's averaging more offense by himself than 12 NFL teams are total. And he's also the first quarterback in NFL history to throw for 1,000 yards and rush for 250 yards in their first four games. Lamar Jackson, folks, he is truly unique. There's nobody else like him in the NFL, and Ravens fans should enjoy watching him every week because there's no one like him in the NFL. One last thing for you. In the past two weeks, Lamar Jackson has two of the top three passing games in terms of yardage in his career, so... He's been forced to throw more, and he is responding and earning himself some money in this contract year. But that is going to do it for episode this week. Very encouraging win versus the Denver Broncos. The Ravens showing that they can find other ways to win when in years past. I don't know if the Ravens are able to pull out a win in Denver like they did on Sunday. So really encouraging thing for me. Again, that's going to do it this week. Be sure to follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Follow on Twitter at RavenUpPodcast. And stay tuned. We're going to release another episode later this week, probably either on Thursday or Friday. We're going to be having another Colts expert on the podcast to get into the Ravens-Colts matchup on Monday Night Football. Enjoy your week. I'll talk to you later. 
Let's go Ravens.